I'm Nicholas Penrake and you're listening to A Trader's Life, the podcast where I get to talk to successful traders about their approach to trading, how they started out and went from broke or breaking even to pulling in thousands of dollars a week. Trading is a tough game. They say only around 5% of those who try actually make a profit. Join me for A Trader's Life to glean some valuable insights from the market wizards I get to talk to. Hi there. Today, I've invited back onto the show trader Michael Taylor. We had this simple idea for Michael to list for you his 10 mistakes to avoid when trading. So if you're indoors, I think it's well worth you jot down some of the points he makes that are most relevant to your own trading. Without further ado, let's get to it. So Michael, what's your first point? Probably choosing a broker on commissions. So when I first started, there was a, a broker called the Gyro or the Hero, as it is known in the Netherlands. And it was $1.95 a trade. So I thought I'm saving a lot of money here. But what I didn't realize is they didn't have an RSP. So they couldn't connect me to market makers. So I ended up paying the full spread. So maybe if I'd have gone with a different broker and paid more commission, if they had an RSP, I would have been able to get a cheaper price and I would have saved more money overall so yeah don't choose a broker solely on commission would be number one okay number two buying a stock because it had good results so i've done this before where i bought EasyJet because it had record profits so i thought well surely the price will go up unfortunately it wasn't as easy as that the price actually went down and this comes down to what's actually expected in the market you know maybe uh, yeah, the company announces record results, but the market was up here and expected more, uh, hence why the price went down. So it's not just about the results, it's also what's expected in the market as well. You can't just buy stock just because it has good results. Number three? Trade liquid names. The spreads on small caps can be quite wide. Um, so if you are looking to trade, you've got to beat the spread. So if you're buying a stock with a 20% spread, that means you've got to actually make 20% just to break even. So really, you want to be buying the more liquid names uh, where the spreads are a lot lower because if you're getting in and out, um, you don't want to be having such a large hurdle to overcome before you start making money on the trade. Number four. Keep your charts clean. Um, when I was new, I had lots of indicators and you can put all sorts of things on uh, like Elliott Wave, Fibonacci, uh, solar alignments, spider crabs, all sorts of animals. Just get rid of them. If, if they're not helpful, don't use them. Um, I used to have RSI and I just couldn't make any money trading RSI. I'm not saying that you can't make money trading RSI. I'm sure there are probably people out there who do very well trading RSI, but I couldn't do it, so I got rid of it. So look at what works for you and keep what works and just get rid of what doesn't. I've got three things, and this tells me supply and demand and the volume and the daily highs and lows and the range, and that's all I need, three different things. Next one. Stick to one setup only. A lot of people don't realize this, but you actually only need to trade one pattern very well to be a profitable trader. So for example, I look for cup and handles 
Um, I look for these in stocks that are about to break out. But Cup and Handles also worked in 2020. So we had the, the big fall in COVID. A lot of stocks bottomed and then set up Cup and Handles. People were saying you shouldn't trade these because they're, they're well off their highs, but I traded them and they worked out. So if you know a pattern very well and you're inside out and you know what you want to see, where you want to see it and why you want to see it, then this is really all you need. Yes, if you're a full-time trader, you can't just rely on one setup, but if you're a part-time trader, you can be profitable just trading one pattern. And a lot of people don't realize that. Number six, find your preferred style. So if you're a day trader, then you probably want to be active uh, regularly throughout the day. If you're a swing trader, you shouldn't really be trying to make money every single day because your system is based on days and weeks. Um, Likewise, if you've got a full-time job, obviously, if you're trying to day trade, that's just crazy. It's like going into a boxing match with with one arm behind your back. Uh, So you've got to find something that fits your personality and your circumstances and work around it like that. Number seven. Keep a trading journal. Most people don't keep a trading journal and most people don't make money. So what you want to be looking at here is what's happened to winners after you've cut them. Uh, You want to look at consistencies in losing trades, consistencies in winners. And this will give you a lot of rich data that you can use. So let's say if you look at your trading journal, you'll have 50 to 100 trades. You want to work out where you're making the most money how we can lose less of your money and what you can actually do to make more money. So more ideas. Number eight. Avoid spread betting until you've got at least one full year of profitability. Um, Spread betting is a leveraged product and 80 to 90% of traders lose when trading these products. Now leverage can juice your returns if, if you are profitable and you're consistent and you manage your risk. Uh, but most people don't do this. They can't handle the leverage and they end up blowing their account. So avoid spread betting unless you are pretty confident you've got a profitable system. Number nine. Failing to prepare. Um, this is a big thing and it used to be a terrible thing that I was bad at. I'd roll out of bed uh, you know, 15 minutes before the RNS feed started rolling. I'd be tired. I would have a coffee. Um, it's it's just not good enough. Um, this business is hard enough without you making it hard. So you've got to be fully prepared. You've got to know what's coming out on that day. You've got to be on top of your positions, uh, know where you're getting out, know what you're looking for. Um, you, you've really got to take it seriously because other people will just steal your lunch if you're not going to do the work. Number 10. Not using DMA, which is direct market access. Uh, Now, this is great because you can actually put orders onto the book. So you've got on one side the bid and on the other side the ask. And instead of you paying a market maker full price and then the market maker buys off you for a lower price, what you can actually do is put your order onto the bid and buy at the sell price. So someone else is buying and it's matching, someone else is selling, sorry, and it's matching your buy price on the bid. So you get better execution um, 
and DMA is just way better for for execution and also you can use stop limit orders. So what you can do is you can say to the market, I'm interested if this stock goes above 60, I want to buy it up to 65. Now the price might only be 55, uh, but you've given an order to the market that will only activate at a certain point and then have a limit. So it's very handy for people who are not at the screens all day or they might be at work or you just want to automate things because it's way easier. Um, so as I say, once that stock goes over 60, it then activates and it's, it's just way quicker and way more efficient. So definitely use DMA in my opinion. And what kind of broker would offer DMA? So IG offers DMA, uh, Maybank offers DMA, a lot of Forex providers offer DMA. Um, but I don't trade Forex, so I don't really know. There's not that many in the UK for stock trading, that's for sure. Yeah. And do you trade exclusively UK stocks? Yeah, exclusively UK stocks. I'd like to get involved in the US in the future. Um, but for now, there's just so much opportunity in the UK. Can you give traders out there who are just starting or maybe struggling, going through a rough patch, how to restructure how they go about trading the markets? Yeah, so if you're having a rough patch, which you will because everyone does, um, you've just got to go back to basics. So first of all, look at all the positions that you've got. Um, ask yourself why you've got these positions on. You know, if, if you had limited capital, which you do, uh, because no one has limited fo- unlimited funds, but would you put this position on again if you didn't have the position um, because, of course, once you've got a position, it's easy to be biased and you've got to take a real hard look at what you actually have on. And is it worth it? Next, go to your journal. And you know, as I said before, look at the data. Um, there's one guy who sent me a message. He hadn't made money in 10 years of a bull market and he wondered why. And the simple reason was he was actually profitable but he just couldn't cut his losses on on some positions. And these positions were actually turning him into an unprofitable trader. He only had to do one thing, which was cut losses, and he would have been profitable. Uh, But he just, you know, some people, they just can't admit it uh, or they don't want to see it. Um, This this business is difficult. It is the best job in the world if, if you can do it and you enjoy it. Uh, but it's long hours and you've got to be prepared to to have a long, hard look at yourself and ask yourself, is it for you? Um, if it is, you'll do the work and I'm sure you'll succeed. But if, if your heart's not in it, then it's it's probably going to be pretty tough. If you'd like to hear more about Michael's life as a trader, I recommend you check out episode 62. Have a great week trading. <laughs>